0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: Sissoko finally waited Ericsson low great ball into the middle what a save by Heaton tonight's Davison Sanchez Lucas Moura and belted into the equilibrium goal on debut Tongue has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it a great goal! Steven Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First to Kane. Good area for Spurs and Cates. not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Hurricane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back Line Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yun from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career.
0: Hello there. Welcome to another new Spurs Order pod. Um, I'll be your host tonight, X-Pac. I've almost set off in nut as if to say I, I just want to get through this straight away. Um, joined tonight by, uh, so far tonight anyway, by uh, Sting. I think you're back to back now for pods. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm very apathetic. All I want to say is Tottenham get battered everywhere we go. Tottenham get battered everywhere we go. I got the energy to sing at this time fully, but yeah, we get batted everywhere we go. So yeah, that's how I feel about us right now. Embracing
0: the hate. Fair enough, man. Um, (laughs) It's kind of got to that point at the moment. I saw a tweet from a neutral fan, uh, quite a famous fan, HLTCO, um, saying Tottenham fans... Like, no more fans hate their club more than their own, like Tottenham, something like that. Um, to paraphrase yeah. him a bit, but yeah, it's um, it's a dire situation. Obviously, we've played two games since the recording of the last pod. We've come off the loss of um, North London Derby at home, where obviously we were set up very, very poorly, we left ourselves exposed. Ultimately ended up being a mistake which set us back in the first place and we we never really gotta to look to call it call it back. Um and yeah, there was a second half where we had sustained styles of pressure, etc. But obviously being 2-0 down. I think Arsenal just took their <laughs> their foot off the gas to be honest. and Conte came out after the game and said, Okay, yeah, we played well, Rams, I was man of the match. Um, yeah, that guy, I'm not even sure where his head state is right now, but we'll get into it. Played Manchester City last night at the time of recording, um, which was an intense, uh, entertaining game to say the least. So given, um, coming off the back of the Arsenal game, Jack, were you confident going into it and what changes would you have liked to see?
2: Um, to line up. I mean, for those that saw the last week's pod, <laughs> we were not confident at all. We were, we were very, very much saying, "It's a big L. It's an L. Nothing else, really." Um, so yeah, we there was absolutely zero confidence um, with, within the team for a, for. A, I don't even know anymore. I, I just don't know what to say about this team anymore to be honest. But yeah, there was absolutely no confidence whatsoever going into this game, especially with the way Conte sort of normally sets up anyway. And I think that, yeah, I, I thought maybe the fans, the atmosphere could have a slight impact, but I felt we treated it like a derby, whereas Arsenal treated it like a like a training sesh. And I think that was the difference. One was well drilled and had all the quality in the world. The other, I don't even know what to say
0: Was it this time last year that you had that kind of semi-viral tweet where you were saying about how you hated every single football player at this club
2: Oh yeah, that was um that was the summer window 2021 where I wanted I wanted it to go, get so bad where I wanted these guys to I, went, I think the tweet was I wanted these guys to fail miserably so that we can have a massive reset at the club basically and you know Do what? you feel more disconnected to the team now or then? Um, Conte gave me hope, so I feel—I'd say—I feel just as disconnected, um, to be honest. But mm. you know what, dumb Spurs fans are like, right? They—they they took it out of context and thought, "Oh, I'm not a proper fan." You know, you want the club to lose, you don't want the club to win. What, what's all this? Boy? Listen, you know, there's greater things at hand. There's much bigger, long-term things. Are going on and that you know that was my thinking of that tweet, but anyway. Um yeah, how do you feel about the club right now? Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm I'm usually a bit more of
0: an optimist to be honest. Um, I almost don't know what to make of it, but it's it's quite clear there's just no alignment or little to no alignment between obviously the board, the club, the manager to the players, and it all seems to just be this messy go-around where The players don't know if they're coming and going. Like, there's obviously, it was this time last year or last season, um, however you want to word it, where Conte almost just kept on threatening to go, threatening to go. And that kind of seemed to motivate the players to just be like, all right, we need to sort our lives out and get a fucking grip, uh, for lack of a better word or term. So, this season, it seems to be having more of an opposite effect. Like, it's more uninspiring again when you're manager who actually doesn't seem to be calling the players out in press conferences, really, but still refusing to commit uh, to the future of the club unless he sees backing from the boardroom. Then you've got that boardroom back and forth where, well, we need to see commitment from you so we know we can back you with players which we know is going to be sustainable for a little while past like even your tenure even if you were to stay for like another year two years three years like we are a club which obviously are earning quite a lot of money but still cannot afford misses literally cannot afford misses when it comes to transfer market. so I kind of get that angle as frustrating as it is for Conte and for us as fans to want what are clear and obvious upgrades to the team but there's just this like oming and aying about the the contingency plan going forward, just even past this season. Like we're kind of wording it in a way sometimes where oh we just want to know what the long term plan is. Where that kind of gives you the impression that oh we're looking like two three years. No, we're just looking past like yeah. the rest of the season and the little way past it. Where that 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 short term future is as unclear um as a as a longer term future to be honest and then you've got Kane who I know he divides a lot of opinion on our podcast anyway but um there's a thing with him where we don't know if he's coming or going and then generally yeah. I just feel like there's um a general lack of clarity in direction um although there is been a slight little bit of clarity today with a certain court decision, which uh, we'll get into a little bit later. But um, yeah. I'm feeling uninspired. And even, like I was saying earlier, me being a little bit more of an optimist than, than others, like like a, a lot of yourselves, like when we were going 1-2-0 up against City last night, I kind like, of didn't necessarily cheer the goals. I was like, I was in the... <laughs> In a state of shock, even it was more of a pleasant surprise, even though we seem to just do this to City yeah. most seasons. But, um, I wasn't confident going into that game, and it, it's weird to celebrate kind of short term successes and wins when we're, we're so uncertain about what's going to happen in the next few weeks and months, let alone the, the contingency plan for the club going into like next season and yeah, and the yeah. season beyond. So, yeah, yeah I but... feel a little bit lost as well, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, we know what Enoch and Levy and what have you, that, <laughs> that we, we we always had some, some kind of sort of identity, under, some kind of direction under their sort of stewardship. But, you know, I think up until, obviously, we, we all know, we all talk about this on, the, on our group chat, but up until Potter's sacking we've just deviated massively away from that, it's just completely gone awry into half-ass plan here and a half-ass short-term plan there obviously no real no structure at all no cohesion and like you said alignment in the philosophy and the mindset of the club as to what the strategy is in the long term even the medium term and you know for me this win now manages hiring it, it works for some clubs it works for clubs where there's massive amounts of pressure and I think even that like clubs like Liverpool, who hadn't won a trophy for a number of years before Klopp arrived, right, um, and during Klopp's first couple of seasons as well, that pressure that that club brings, that the aura that the fans provide and the atmosphere, it, you know, it, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to uh, in regards to the players as well. And I think those win now managers work at those types of clubs. We're not that club yet. We have to crawl before we walk, basically. And we have to get to a position where we organically, unless we have a, you know, some Middle Eastern owner taking us over and providing with the, with the best infrastructure in the world, we need to have some kind of relative. Well, relatively, we've already had relative success organically. Now we need to have actual success organically, and then build from that to be a regular trophy-winning team. And there's just, we're just what is going? Yeah, there's no direction I've always, always repeated multiple times so yeah I don't want this to be you know an all Enoch Levy conversation but yeah it's just hard to not talk about it yeah
0: especially um, while well, the transfer we know is open right and we've yeah. still got like 10-11 days uh, depending on when you're listening to this I think it's 9 days from when you're listening um, I'll introduce Goldberg again but before obviously he has a say obviously going into the City game there was a lot of talk on Conte and obviously his adaptability. A lot of people even saying he should just change his formation completely. What were your initial thoughts on that? Because like I, I can't even lie, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of that per se. I don't think that's the answer personally.
2: No, and I don't think Conte been very successful in, in you know, if there, if he was if he's sort of implying a back four. He's not been successful at that and we've seen it. I know it was a number of years ago. It was, what, five, six years ago now? But, you know, when he switched it up after that Arsenal game where he lost 3-1 at the Emirates uh, in his first season at Chelsea, the back four just didn't work for him at all. And he has to, again, he has to adapt to the opposition. But, again, I always look at managers, the top, top, Operational managers—they are—they are married to their philosophy. Basically, they'll live and die by it, and it's a blessing and a curse. And I think that you have to take the good with the bad with these managers. And unfortunately, we've just got the bad.
0: Antonio, Antonio <laughs> Goldberg, welcome. Um, <laughs> fresh off the big six, um, <laughs> I don't know if you got a battering on there or not, but. Yeah, um, general feelings on Conte and just going into the City game at the minute. Um, without repeating yourself, I guess, too much. What are your general thoughts at that moment in time?
3: Uh, what, before we played City or?
0: Yeah, just going into the City game, i say fresh off the Arsenal game. Um, a lot um, of criticism going Conte's way. Obviously yeah. some of the players' ways as well.
3: Yeah, I just feel like he's just called it a day, really. Um I think he's he's fed up with the bozos and the the crazy crazy errors that he's seen on the football pitch, but I also think he's been quite shit as our manager if we if we are being honest with ourselves over the course of this season. Um I feel like he's made a mess of of the campaign in terms of the things that are within his control. Um I think his use of the squad has been appalling. I think his his um the, the the style of play has been really poor for the majority of the season. I think he's not really been able to sort of outwit or outfox um his his um his opponent. We're seeing that more and more these days. And when I see that more and more, that to me doesn't say that, oh wow, Conte is not a good manager. It's to me me, it says that you just don't really care about um, what you need to do to make sure that the team can play better and can get an advantage over our opponent you just want to make sure that your system is is the one thing that's prevalent you want to make sure that your system is the one thing that's 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 constant but you don't want to change it you don't want to tweak it you don't want to do anything you just want to keep playing it and hoping for different results so If I'm being honest, I think Conte's been shit. I think he's been shit this season. Let's just call it what it is. He's been shit. I've given him the time. I've tried to be patient. I've said, yeah, it's going to get better. Performances are going to get better. Oh, this player's been injured. That player's been injured. He's not been able to do this. He's not been able to do that. He's not had the full fit team that he wants available. He's not had the centre-backs he wanted in the summer. He's not had the right wing-back he wanted. Those things are true. Yes, they are all true, but with what he's been given, he has not maximised that to the best of his ability. He had a worse squad last year and he had, had the team playing better. He has a better squad this season and has the team playing worse, has the team winning less games, has the team accumulating less points at this stage of the season.
2: And I'd say that. that was
0: a good point. Yeah. Um obviously going into the city game as well. Like it was a little stat that came up. We like two or three points worse off after seeing our games last season. And this is following a Nuno stint as well. So um nothing nothing I even expected going into this season, to be honest. Like I thought we'd probably struggle playing two games a week, uh especially with that schedule going into the World Cup. But Obviously, we gave him the benefit of the doubt. We've got some of our players back from injury. We're out of the World Cup. Still looks pretty
2: uninspiring.
0: Um, Sorry, Jack, you were going to...
2: No, I was just saying about what the not caring thing. I think Conte is a man that's driven, he, he said it a lot before, that he's driven by emotion and that sort of percolates onto the team as well. But I think again, when it's good, it's great. But when it's not good, it Hinders the team massively, and I think that can play a part in them not caring. I think his a lot of the sort of emotion gets in the way of his actual thought and sort of tactical insight of the game, probably. And we're seeing that in the team. But I'm not going to put the majority of the blame personally on, on the manager. I, I'll always go to the to the root cause and the common denominator, and that is the players, and that is caused by a lack of strategy above.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. And we still obviously got a few recycled bad performances within the team from players which are still starting games, namely Loris, bless him, <laughs> human son who some had hoped he'd actually pick up form after the World Cup and um, a certain Viking as well who I'd actually been defending at the start of this year. I thought he actually still started the, the season quite well, but... For whatever reason, um, he just seems to be getting worse and worse and he doesn't ever... Not even does he get dropped from the starting lineup. He never really gets taken off to be subbed off for someone with, um, you know, just a bit more energy, a bit more bravery, a bit less throwing your arms around and letting people bypass you. Um, It's a strange thing, but I guess he's got that mentality monster thing in him, which I guess... Conte likes and even that I don't know it's it's still like what we were talking about earlier Jack where Conte's uncertainty and wanting to be backed and almost down in tools to an extent transmits to the players they're uninspired where I think him threatening to leave did inspire them last year and when there's any kind of adversity the players and Conte have both just been folding every single time. And i say, I don't want to overanalyze the city game too much because I mean, it's pretty obvious um, how it played out. I thought we, and this is annoyingly a city team who I was even saying at the time in the group chat were not looking good at all. Like there was a lot of changes made by Pep. They looked very disjointed. They, (laughs) Like, they didn't look like a threat to me in the first half, really, which, you know, that explains some of the mistakes they made. And (laughs) obviously, just to skip to the end of the game, they didn't even bring on any of these, like, real big subs until late in the game anyway. Like, Bernardo Silva came on late. I don't even think Kevin De Bruyne or Phil Foden came on. If they did, um, it would have been super late, but they didn't need them to get back into the game. Um, so I guess you've uh, just joined. How did you kind of just see that game play out?
3: Man City's or
0: ours? A Man City, oh, What well, Spurs v Man City in the game in, in total?
3: We just did what we do best um this season, which is just fuck up a good thing, honestly. Um, we took the lead under fortuitous circumstances anyway, but I do actually agree. I didn't really think there was much in between both sides in the first half. I felt defensively actually looked relatively solid. Um, I had some decent passages to play. Um Didn't really threaten Man City enough, but I don't think they threatened us enough as well, which is a bit odd considering we're playing away to Man City, meant to be one of probably the best, arguably the best side in the world. And it didn't feel like it for the first half. Uh, but yeah, I felt like we took the lead under fortuitous circumstances. Horrible mistake from Edison and good awareness from Emerson, to be fair to him, for the second goal. But I was shocked that Spurs were going into that game, into that half 2-0 two two up, because I was like, where the hell did this come from? But we do what we did best. Or We do what we have done. Best over the past couple of weeks, which is just cat, uh, just capitulate, right? Normally we start off shit and then we try and bounce back and 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 um, throw all our energy in the second half. This time it was in reverse. We we did all right in the first half and we said, you know what, this is this is too normal for this Spurs, this version of Spurs. So let's let's show people what we what we're really made of. And then you saw the Royal Spurs in the second half. I mean, the goals that we conceded, my goodness. The lack of desire to to actually follow runners, the mistakes, the just the tomfoolery across the back line—it was just an absolute joke. Like, oh god, Perisic! Listen, he's probably he's probably been one of the few, the few signings, the few players uh, this season that have actually not been too bad. I, I don't think he's been awful, but he's not exactly been immense either. And that Man City game, he was. Possibly the worst player on the pitch, followed by Lloris. Like, he was awful. culpable for three goals, Lloris. <laughs> Listen, three man. Three goals, man. you think? I was yeah, thinking bro. Two, but I mean, either way. The first goal he gets beat. Listen, to be... let me just caveat this by saying, this is a 33-year-old Perisic up against Riyad Mahrez. Like, I, I wouldn't even expect a 29-year-old Perisic playing wing-back to be able to cope with Mahrez, but it's 33 got up against Mahrez, fair. So maybe I'm a bit too harsh for the first goal because Mara's is in too easily on the outside, puts a cross in. And when that cross goes in, there's like three, four players that can just get rid of that ball. How the fuck, how the fuck does that ball end up in the back of the net? How? Loris missed it. Dyer missed it. I can't even remember who else missed it. How does that ball end up in the back of the net? And then the second one is just Forget about age. It's just the lack of desire, man. Like, Mahrez plays the ball to Rodri. I think Rodri dinks the ball over the top. Mahrez flicks it
0: on, wins a header.
3: Mahrez can see Mahrez. He can see the run Mahrez wants to make. As a defender, you come across it and you just headed the ball away. He just shows Mahrez goal side. And I said this in the Big Six, I've never seen Riyad Marez win a contested header. He lets Mahrez... Win a header, Morris. When have you seen Morris contest for a header and win? He lets Morris beat him in the air, which lays it on a plate for Holland. (laughs) And then the third goal, fucking hell, man. He completely kicked, miskicks the ball, completely miskicks the ball. He's on the back foot. Morris goes, goes in behind. And then LaRis
0: man, I know
3: it takes a deflection,
0: but LaRis man. <sighs> mm. And he then was the saying football. in the uh, in the post match, well, it wasn't the press conference or whatever, but he was interviewed afterwards. He 15, was basically right? saying about how the deflections have been unlucky, and I think you know this criticism about he was kind of suggesting that the criticism about his form was a bit overstated and harsh, but. He he just doesn't look confident. Although I actually thought he looked like more confident on the ball yesterday, and I, was, I felt kind of assured. But as soon as that second half started, and he as he played his part in that first goal, that was it. Everything just kind of fell apart again.
3: And then the the fourth goal, or I mean, Longley, I've actually given him some credit this season because he's actually been he's actually been yeah. good for the most part, and at, at worst he's been he's he's been culpable. For being flat-footed, right? I don't think I've seen many. I don't think I've seen any bone-headed mistakes from Longley. And then, no. <laughs> typical Spurs. There's the Longley that I knew from Barcelona. He just, he
2: just rears his ugly head. I warned and... everyone. <laughs> I warned everyone, man. I, I, <laughs> everyone knew. Everyone. No, knew we, that was
3: everyone knew that. Jack.
2: No, not everyone. No, not everyone knew, man. <laughs> Hey. You, know
3: what, you know what's crazy? I saw people say, keep Longley next season. And I said, okay, you know what? This guy, this guy's done a job, but why would you want to keep him? He, comp- he The type of defender he is, you can't really play with a high line. He'll get killed. He'll get killed. He's so slow. He's so flat-footed. And I'm not... Listen, I, I don't want to go in too much on him because he came on as a sub, right? But that goal was just... I don't know, man. I just
0: It's kind of think... funny, like, Conte it's... was speaking afterwards about, like, experienced players don't concede four goals, whereas, like, Perisic was getting cooked for two of the three goals, and he brings on Longley, who's still who's really experienced. Still, he's not, like, old, old, right, but he's still experienced, and he makes the glowing error where <laughs> I didn't actually expect us to get back into it and make it 3-3, but we were on the front foot for the last, like, 10-15 minutes of that game, and had long spells of possession and looked to try and actually create something and then just that little moment killed the game.
2: Yeah. I think in and, that actual um, game, the approach was right. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, what can you do, man? What can you do? It, it talks about experienced players as well. I mean, Dyer's also experienced. A lot of these men are experienced. Yes. Yeah, Loris as well. Like <laughs> Hologram Hugo is what, what was the expression says just yeah and uh, hologram Hugo that's good yeah I, that's a proper moment I, I think I, listen I don't read Fraser falsely either but I think you just gotta you gotta send the message out just just put him on just get I don't know I think Lloris just needs to be he just needs to be dropped he just needs to be taken out of the limelight just play star, yeah
0: 100% another experienced player which we've signed in for purpose so We've got to use it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, He doesn't exactly fill me with confidence either. But even before the City game, I was thinking to myself, I think I said in the group as well, like, I think it's less about age for Hugo, to be honest. And I don't know if you guys agree, but to me, he just seemed mentally burnt out. And then he alluded to it after the Man City game. So, he's done. yeah, either way.
3: Age, mental fatigue, he's just done, man. He's cooked. He's cooked. It's like he's had accelerating
0: his decline majorly. Like, yeah, he's cooked. It's not to say he wasn't on one anyway, but he's man, crazy. Like it's just taken some happen, fat right? fast
2: forward. Yeah, he he's always been a bozo anyway, but I think, yeah, the alcohol is exacerbating it all. He's <laughs> he is just he is finito, man. He is absolutely in the pits of hell, man. Yeah, he's he's been our own
0: nightcap at the moment. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We got favorable ish games next, like games which could be sorted, suited to Fraser. I think it's favorable away as well. It's much more favorable than playing Arsenal or Man City. And it's a team Mm -hmm. where we actually put in a good body of wet performance against in the reverse fixture.
3: We did pan pan them in the first game, Yep,
0: And we are playing better away from home than at home at the moment, so I'm not confident but I still expect three points, if that still makes sense. I'm not confident in a great performance, but um, with Bintan obviously coming back now, we've still got Romero and Kuliszewski back in the team. Uh, I'm not even sure on what Mitrovic's fitness is. Like I saw, Carlos Vinicius doing bits against Chelsea. So, yeah, that's it's written in the start, isn't it? I can see it. I
2: can see it. Written in the start. Even Gogeta, The little, as well. the little Mbappe celebration like that, it's head tilt, <laughs> in front of the OA <laughs> fans. Oh man, that was you in City's fourth goal, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Listen, I was jumping in my living room when, <laughs> when, uh, when Mari scored Mar- that, we it. When Maris took the lead, you're a disgrace. <laughs> I was, listen, <laughs> I was singing Tottenham get bad everywhere we go. Then, oh, listen, <laughs> That's, I was, what
3: That's what we sing away from home. To me, fair, I remember when we were beating Palace four 0 we were singing
2: Tottenham get bad everywhere we go. <laughs> in an ironic manner, this <laughs> not This this wasn't in an ironic manner, boy. This is. Mm. This is from the heart. This is sincere.
0: Fair enough. Um, But yeah, we we lost that game 4-2. Poor performers all round. I think um, individual wearers pretty much crossed us again. So we're going into the last nine days of a transfer window and a lot of people have been obviously... for for very good reason, bemoaning the lack of clarity and communication with what's going on at Spurs, with Conte, with the transfer strategy, with the club strategy in general. And then uh, we had some interesting news um, come out today. Like it was kind of reported (laughs) earlier on in the day that the prosecutors are looking to ban Parateaching for two years or 20 months or something like that. And then, yeah, uh, it came out... um, only, like, two hours before we start recording this, that he's been sentenced for, like, two and a half years from... Guess who's going to jail scene.
2: tonight? Guess who's going to
3: jail tonight? Guess who's going to jail tonight? <laughs> God gonna post his bell tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: we, we already got... You know we've, we've already got a pod title, or a Siges already uh, said it in the chat row, right? Styles Paratici. <laughs> 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 Styles Paratici. Styles. Yeah, okay. I
0: like that. I didn't even see that in the chat earlier. I must have been doing my parallel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know what kind of judges have been put on us, yeah. But it's not just for footballing, it's it's everything. It's, it's
0: so <laughs> selfish that they announced this during the transfer window as well. Like after hearing nothing for ages. And then we're trying to get some of these that deals apparently done, like deals like Poro and Zaniolo, who's who Paratici's pretty much had a crush on for like two three years, and now he's in jail and he can't even sign oh, players. Or oh, thank God! Deal with players in Italy, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's weird what will happen now. Like, I don't know what will happen if he's going to be able to appeal the decision. Uh, if that bans going to stretch over to English football, UEFA, FIFA. Which I think they're looking to do, but it hasn't been officially done yet.
2: Like what what happens from here? Like what actually happens from here? I think I think uh, I think we know what happens from here. I think we we go back to leaving doing the negotiations, extra faffing around. Yeah, I think he peaked that. You know, he peaked that Kulu and Benton core, but then yeah, it, Romero as well. Romero, yeah. But even Romero's looking a bit... I'm looking at him sideways. but Even when you question Paratici's player
0: ID or manager ID at times, um, I I still respect the urgency in which he seems to get deals done. Like you just said, uh, apart from the Romero one, but he seems to get into negotiations and seal a deal quite quickly. Now we're like... (laughs) <laughs> seemingly haggling over Pedro Poro, which has been right. going on for nearly like two weeks now, and it it does smell a lot of kind of levy dealership, if um that's a if that's a good term, and uh, it explains it, <laughs> it explains it because is in in football jail, um, embarrassing like I don't even know if Conte I think I'm not even sure if that's the final nail in the coffin for Conte even like I'm not saying they're like boys (laughs) but they seem to have a good working professional relationship and Pratichy looked like he kind of shared like the kind of type of play he wanted and was still urgent in getting him backed by the club yeah it's it's just such a Tottenham thing to happen (sighs)
3: Just a mess. Although
0: just a mess. Apparently, we hired this um a chief scout in August. So maybe maybe he actually saw this coming and brought this guy in as a contingency plan. But we hired a head scout in August by the name of I've got it written down here somewhere. Um Gabanini. Gabonini Who? of the Pozzo group. Yeah, the, the Italian Who? guy, you know. <laughs> Who? Who Okay. I think he used to work with Watford, and he got signed oh, from Watford. somewhere else. That's, Gebenini, that's exactly an Italian need. head scout. Let's get relegated. Was... <laughs>
3: let's, sign. let's
2: sign, let's sign Watford level players now. Yeah. Well, Watford now obviously, have obviously,
0: obviously in managers right. as well, which
2: we could end up having in the next few months and years. Right, we'll end up with Walter Mazzari as well at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. <laughs>
3: fucking hell Steve
0: Baldwin was Italian fucking hell
3: we actually stink man Jesus Christ we reek big time big time but I just uh, the whole Perattici thing is (laughs) it's just a shambles man I I saw a tweet go around today of like list of Tottenham 50 most like nonsense moments right and they they Piratishi's one shot straight up to number two and I think number one number one so, was the gate number three was us getting beat 3-0 by a team when we were tuning up when the manager was in prison it's just is that man. grab mate bro I've had to take pills. I've had to take a headache I, get, I got a headache just just mentioning it, bro it's the 3-0 yeah,
2: down
0: yeah for those listening days. we've got Tope's just popping pills on stream this is what the club are doing to him
2: this is, and this is this is why we're up we're like, we, we can't sleep
0: we're losing sleep over this <laughs> dumb club <laughs> yeah 23.45 p.m. P- at the time of recording
2: on a Friday night come on it's man. crazy thank you so
3: crazy it's ridiculous it it's would be kind of ironic
0: though if we were actually to start Actually, signing players in January while the uh, director of football is in jail.
3: Well, what how what happens with the um, with the potential uh, Zaniola deal now? Because he, if he can't deal no with it, what, does someone else take over the the move or like how does it work?
0: Probably. So like I I still wonder if he was preparing this. So obviously we not only hide that chief Scott, he got that Greta Steinson guy as well who was meant to kind of work hand in hand with Paratici. And I haven't heard anything from him either. Maybe he's going to do this kind of end of transfer club video to the fans or mm. Paratici might even do it from Sicily or something. Like uh, I have no idea. Um, maybe the club will speak on it tomorrow. I'm sure uh, Conte will probably get asked about it again before the Fulham game. Uh, I know he did his press conference today, but yeah, I'm sure it'll come up at some point. And then Conte will bemoan the lack of communication from the club again. Yeah, we can go around in more cycles. Um, going into Fulham and Preston, what what do we need to do? And what changes do we need win. to do to get some fucking kind of short term results? We need what to what do
1: we need to do win. to
0: win? Win, no, oh, I want to see Richarlison in as well.
3: Conte needs how to... do we
0: win with people who can't score and goalkeepers which make mistakes? I want to see
3: Son drop, I want to see Hoybier drop. Um, I would say I want to who? see the hoibia.
0: That's all I wanted you to say. Bye, Viking. <laughs>
3: That's my guy, but he stinks right now, man. He fucking reeks, man. He's playing so shit, just running all over the pitch, doing a whole bunch of nothing, man. I would like to see him, I'd like to see a midfield three of of Basuma, six, Benton Core, and maybe like a Pape Mate sar or something like that. Or even like you said, Owen, a, a tucked in Kulosevsky, for instance. Like, I want to see something different, man. Um, I would ditch the the three at the back altogether. Because I don't you like would. seeing three, genuinely, I would. I don't like seeing three centre backs doing a whole bunch of nothing, but. and
0: I don't but, see how that works, though. Do we have the full backs to play for at the back?
3: Yeah. Maybe not Dude. on the left hand side, but on the right hand side. He just won't play him. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, because it could end know. up being
0: Ben Davis and Emerson Royale as our full oh, Fucking man. Hell, Christ, oh, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. <laughs> but I've got to say, I thought uh, Kulizevsky was tucking in quite a lot against Man City, so who knows if he can do there, that.
2: There, there is a sort of, under, in terms of sort of off the ball on the wall or whatever, understanding between him and Royale, but that's not enough because Chicken Royale's end product is He's shit. It's, it's in
3: the pitch. Oh, he was actually he it's was probably was actually one of the better players against Man City, I'll be real.
2: The runs being made were good. What does that mm. say? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> but also, you got to think about, you know, same thing with the back four. Th- two bozo centre backs is better than three bozo centre backs, in it, I think. But it doesn't. It, again, no difference mate because Ryan Sessegnon <laughs> going to be the only actual left back we got. And I want to see Basuma and, and Benton core. That's what I want to see. Basuma, Benton, core, Kulu in tucked in that sort of thing. Yeah. Richie on the left, Kane up top.
3: Um, I want Perisic to keep his spot. I know he was shocking, but I just can't stand Cesc, man. I think wow. he's awful. Man. I think he's Whoa. so bad.
2: Oh, he's terrible. Why not Perisic as a forward?
0: Because we've got I'm... forwards. Do we? Like, I, I could Do actually we? hear it when we had injuries to like Richarlison, Son, Kuliszewski throughout the season.
2: We've we been don't lucky have been, that Kane's kind of been fit from injury, but we don't have yeah, injuries I'd, for Son. But I'd still rather have Perisic up there right now than, than Son any day of the week. We saw at the I'm World Cup, they were playing to play before.
0: Perisic at wingback, but. I've, we've got to accept and Conte's got to accept he can only really play Perisic at win-back when we're going to have sustained spells of possession against yeah. a certain side. Like, Agreed. If you're going to play yeah. a bigger team who are going to have more of the possession, he's not going to help you get in, get in the game. He, he. It's
2: quite clear now, he just doesn't have the legs and he's Agreed. not winning offensively either. No, he's not. But I, th- I think right now you're playing with a forward because we just don't have that defen- level of defensive cover, or adequate cover that, I'll tell you, on that side. If he had scored that chance at 2-2
0: v City, then I'd definitely hear it. I don't know how he missed that.
2: No, but oh, we know we we he's, he's not- a good forward. We know he's a good forward. We've seen it. We've seen it recently in the World be- Cup as well. Italian I mean,
0: Cup final this time, well, at the end of last season. He cleaned yeah. cards for them. Would you, you not
3: for... For... Would you start Fraser Foster? Would you start
0: Fraser Foster? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: yes, 100%. Out of principle. <laughs>
0: No, that's fair.
3: I think he does need to be, I think he, I think you're right. On quality, Forster scares the fuck out of me, but I think just because of how bad Lloris is playing, he can't just keep doing what he's doing and keep his spot.
2: He can't be captain as well. You can't, you can't go back into a changing room as a captain and have something to say after making those mistakes. You can't do that. So, what we, <laughs> we went
3: to, we went to strip him of his captain team. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Good <laughs> <Yeah. This> season. <laughs> he needs to hold that. <laughs> this is not so sorry, because yeah, he's actually costing the team goals every game. What is he saying to these guys at halftime? Because if he's shouting at them in these French, you know his guys, fucking weird. you see in the documentary, he was shouting because he's actually quite vocal. So, I'm like, how are these guys meant to take you in when you're just literally throwing the ball into our own
2: net? Now that now I, now I see why Son wanted to punch him up in that documentary, man. Now, <laughs> now I see it, man. He should have done it. But I also Them see why Loris wanted to fight. punch up Son.
1: Yeah,
0: Them two are overdue a fight. They just need to fight now. They're both underperforming drastically.
2: It's like it's like watching, I don't know, Chisora versus Aldi Harrison, man. Two bozos in the ring just... Scrap it out. Fucking hell, I like, forgot about Orly Harrison. Hmm?
3: My god. Yeah, we stink right now, man. I'll be wrong. So you ask me what we need to do, bro. Just drop the people who are playing horribly bad, bad. Sorry. Drop the people that are playing horribly bad and change your instruction for the team, man. Go at Fulham. Go at Fulham. Get Kuleszewski a bit more inverted, um, just so we don't get outnumbered in the middle, and just win, fucking win. You, we have a squad capable enough to go to to beat Fulham, but for some, but yet this, despite that, the team are playing so poorly that I can't see Spurs going there and winning. Now we should, but I don't think it's I don't think we are.
0: <laughs> and Jack, uh, are you expecting us to get wins from both these games? Obviously, Preston.
3: That's a banana peel.
2: I'll tell you that for free as well, Preston. That's a big you, banana peel. You saw the way he played against Portsmouth as well. We we were comfortable on the ball, but we weren't good. We weren't good at all. And yeah, I, I, I don't see us ever winning ever again, to be honest. I, I can't. Listen, I can't. <laughs> there's no light. There's no light at the end of the right. tunnel. There's it's absolutely right. none.
0: I mean, <laughs> I could, we've... We've got a bit of a respite. I think it's five days between Fulham and Preston, and then it's another five. Uh, actually, no, it's like another week before City as well. So we can afford to play some of like the, the you know higher profile players versus Fulham uh, versus Preston to get a result. Obviously, it's a cup which we need to kind of take seriously now because I think the league's almost a write off. In terms of finishing fourth anyway, I just don't think we can prioritize it over cup competitions which we're still in. But when are we, are we gonna win the cup though? Like
2: do we even stand a chance? I think I the think...
0: FA Cup's quite open this year. I can't lie. That's um it's not yeah. as much
3: confidence as our own year, but... You're right, it is open, but are we the one that are gonna seize this opportunity?
2: I look at our manager who's our manager's a league title winning manager, not he's not necessarily a cup competition. Yeah, and in those one-off games where you know you need to have a particular approach, rather than sort of marry with the, marry your philosophy every game, yeah, he's not going to adapt as well. And Yeah, we're just—I mean, come on we ain't got the mineral; we we don't have the minerals either way. You know, if we're struggling against Aston Villa at home, you know how do you expect us to progress in the league as well? Portsmouth at home again, toothless scored the goal. Absolute brilliant goal, but absolutely still look pretty toothless in the entire 90 minutes. Yeah, we can, we, we can scrape through, you know, games against Minnows, but, yeah. Come up against Fair someone enough. decent, it's not going to happen. So, I think we can write that one off.
0: We can write that one off and we can start wrapping this up. We've got a question here from J Ashraf. He's actually directed this towards me, but I'll probably put it across to the panel. Uh Do you see Conte walking out 1st of February? What a time that will be. Or ride it out until the end of the season, totally broken and demotivated, which he did look like in his press conference earlier. Like he looked like he had done fifteen rounds with Aldi Harrison. Um, if I was to put my kind of neck out now, um, I, mean, I just needed—I needed it today just to see what the fallout from Perry' uh, looked like. But if I'm to put my neck out now, I'm going to say no, he doesn't walk only because I saw what I believe to be uh, a bit more urgency in some of our um transfer targets and it looked like there have been some movement being made there before the parity news today so I'll just say based what on that, that yeah, I, I don't stay what urgency what that was still um just and further, talks Poro was well. Poro and further talks He's the with and further tools is 29 agent. million so Zaniolo didn't um didn't get selected today or yesterday either or something like that. And I don't even want Saniolo to be honest but I mean if it's no. a player I think which has been identified as someone that the club and Conte and Paratici want then by all means get your targets I think he's in. good
3: I just don't I just his his output is what annoys me and worries me because it's like bro I know he's had his mad injury issues as well so he needs time to get back to what he sees as 100% but bro Come on, be a bit more efficient, please. But the talent is there, man. He's 23 years old. He's strong. He's a good ball carrier. He's powerful. He's versatile. Can play through the middle, can play out wide. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't think that's a bad signing for Spurs.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too, too sure on how powerful he is now. Um, and I I just get the impression with the type of player he is. He feels like, I feel like he, he needs to feel like the, the guy in the team where he, he definitely wouldn't even be at Spurs. Yeah, like he yeah. needs to be the guy which the team feeds most of the play through and he makes stuff happen. Where i just we got why we get why we're looking
3: at him when we need centre-backs.
0: Because <laughs> the look is more... Uh, I've mean. I mean, I mean, yeah. got nothing
3: against the guy. I think he's good, but... Why are we looking to sign another player to play in Kulu's position when our defense is literally bleeding?
2: Literally, the, the kitchen's on fire, but we're cleaning the bathroom. Like, that's uh, the priorities <laughs> are just all over the place, man. Honestly, it's a, sh- it's a shambles. Like, Saniolo isn't he's, he's a good player, but he's not that good to be going, oh, okay, even though we've got problems at the back, we need to get this guy in. That's not he doesn't move. He doesn't move and he doesn't move that many people either. Also, the issues that we've had with injuries, with players sort of being in and out of the team and not picking up form, we're gonna run into that again with him, to be honest. So I don't see the point. I don't see the point in being in for him. Cause yeah. And also I don't want to sign another player from Roma, man. I remember Lamella. I remember I I, I listen shamefully I I I had stocks with Lamella man. After that first ball roll at the Emirates, I was like, nah, nah. From the first ball roll, you know, fucking
0: so roll, if, he, if you were both to be in next and now, what do you think Conte is going to do?
1: He's going to leave.
3: He's going to leave or he's going to get sacked, whichever, whichever side yeah. breaks first. If he he's about his money, so I don't think he's gonna walk out on on fifteen million a year contract, right? I don't I can't remember how much that equates to per week, something maybe like three hundred bags a week. He's not walking out on that. He's gonna see that through until the end of the season. If even if he it means he stinks out the joint, but like you said, he's demo like that. Chat said demotivated and just doesn't really care right now. I don't believe that he cares about whether this team wins or loses week to week. I think. He knows that ultimately he's never gonna get the he's never gonna get the club to pull fully in his direction. So it's just a paycheck for him now. And it's just a case of whether the club can let him see out his his stint as the manager or whether they think they need to take drastic measures and cut the cord, take the financial L and get someone else in to try and salvage the season.
2: I was gonna say the exact same thing. He's gonna see it as contract, or he's gonna get sacked. One or the other.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. the hard one. Obviously, he's only inspired by the club. He's had all these personal tragedies happen recently. Um, it, It's just so hard to to see. But, you know, time will tell. Guys, thank you for joining me on What's the Late Night. It's just turned midnight as well, so obviously really appreciate your time. I've been your host, X-Pac Goldbergstein. Thank you. Check out... um New spells, all the pods we tend to record stream either Thursday or Friday. Audio comes out on Saturday morning. Got all the other touchline fracker club pods as well as the main one as well. And yeah, when you get to know, then it's it's great, great content. But again, take it easy, guys, and peace out.
1: Peace. peace. <laughs> On debut, Tungay Ongonbele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Let's Lucas Mora clips it. Oh great goal! He was, he was, he was, he was. Stephen Bergwine has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.